This week's parasha is Parshas Yisrael. At the beginning of the parasha, it speaks about how Yisrael decides to come back together with his daughter, Tzipira, who is Meshur Abbeinu's wife, and their two sons, Meshur Abbeinu and Tzipira, before Meshur Abbeinu went back to Mitzrayim to save the, the Yidden. So him and Sipira had two sons together. At some point, they went back to Mijan to stay with Yisrael because it was safer there. There's no purpose in bringing more people into Egypt. But there was these two sons that were coming back and being reunited with Meish Rabbeinu after being separated from a certain, for a certain amount of time. And the Pasuk, very strangely, says that Yisrael took his daughter Tzipira, and then it says, Baneha, and her two sons. Now, it's not her two sons, it's their two sons. It's Meishu Rabbeinu and Tzipira's two sons. What's Shnei Baneha? As if, like, she's the only one that had these two sons. So the Zayar is Ayman on this. The Zayar speaks about this, and he says... What these, these children, these boys, were only Sipira's sons. They weren't the sons of Meshra Because she was raising them this period of time without her husband. The Torah calls these children her children because... She was like, quote-unquote, a single mom. She was taking care of these children all by herself. She didn't have Meshra Abenu to help her out. And so because of that, the Pasuk ascribes these children to her. Because she was basically single-handedly raising these children on her own. The simple pshat in the Zayar is that because... She was doing all this on her own. She was struggling, and she had to invest so much in these children. So the Tyra sort of gives her credit for it. The Tyra is, is giving her like a, you know, an award. These are considered your children because you worked so hard in order to raise them on your own during this period of separation from Eshra Benu. But I want to bring out perhaps another pshat in why the Pasuk is saying that they were her children as opposed to his children. And it's going to take us a little bit of a detour in order to get to the pshat, but we're going to be very enriched by this detour. Reb Elia Dessler, who was the founder and the uh, the head of the, the Gateshead Yeshiva, the Gateshead Kailal in England. And then after the war, he went to, um, to Eretz Yisrael and he was hired to be the, the Mashkiach in Panovich, where he perhaps gained even more fame than he had even before. He was already famous before he was the Mashkiach in Panovich. But then he came to Panovich and he blew away the Eilam with his machshava, his shmuzin and his uh, vadin and his, his whole way of thinking was very unusual. He was a product of Kelm 
and he was a great Balmachshava, a great Balmusser, and his Taira is eternalized in a set of Svarim called the Michtam Eliyahu. It's a classic in the Eilam uh, HaYeshivas. It's, it's just one page after another of brilliance, of, uh, of Machshava, and, and very unique ways of thinking and looking at things. In the first volume of Michtam Eliyahu, which was not put out by him, by the way, it was put out posthumously by his Talmidim, but in the very first volume, on page 32, he has what's called the Kuntras HaChesed. It's a pamphlet, a Kuntras, that's inserted into the Michtam Eliyahu, and it's a very, very famous part of the Michtam Eliyahu. It's, it's arguably the most famous part of the Michtam Eliyahu is this Kuntras HaChesed. If you look at the first page of the Kuntras HaChesed, it's brought down in, the, uh, in a footnote that in this Kuntras, Rav Dessler brings many years of labor. He thought about these topics that we're going to speak about a little bit today for many, many years. And Garenai Harishain Hayarashim Kalam. He already started this devel- developing this seed of, of a thesis, of hypothesis in Kalam, which is when he was very young. And over the years he developed it more and more until it became this very famous um, work by the name of Kuntras Achesed. And a lot of you know this idea, but you might not know the background, you might not know the way it develops, but you certainly probably know um, the punchline, the end of it, which is where we're going today. Let me just give you a little bit of the outline of what Rav Dessler does with this Kuntras Achesed. He breaks up planet Earth in two columns. And he says there's two types of people. There are people that are nisnim, there are people that are givers, and then there are people that are nightlim, people that are takers. That's not to say that they're mutually exclusive. Most of us have both in us. Most of us, we give and we take. That's normal, right? Sometimes I'm a giver, sometimes I'm a taker, sometimes I'm on... The, the giving side of the equation, sometimes on the taking side of the equation. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But he says that there are some people that are primarily givers, and they're so generous, and they just want to do and be do-gooders and give their whole lives. That's the theme of their lives. You see many people this way, that all they do is give. And, and for people that are, that are not on that level, you wonder, like, how do they do that? I'm always, like, amazed by Hatzalah. Hatzalah is, it's a cool thing to be a part of Hatzalah, but do you understand the Messiris Nefesh, the level of giving that it, that it entails? That means that if you're sitting with your family around a beautiful Shabbos table and you're eating food and you're singing Zmiris and all of a sudden you get a call that somebody died, you have no, if somebody is, uh, I don't know, had a heart attack a couple of blocks away from you or, or a few miles away from you and there's no one responding, you have to say good Shabbos to your family you have to get your car keys, you have to jump in your car, go and you don't know who the person is, it might be somebody that you know, it's more, more likely somebody that you've never seen in your life, he might not be from, might not be Jewish, but you have to go and, and literally you know, take off your Shabbos and then 
drive this person to the hospital, spend perhaps hours and hours until you're able to make sure that the person's in good hands, and then drive back home. And by then, everybody's sleeping, you're hungry, and this is not a once-in-a-century in, in, in type of... This, is, this could happen every Shabbos. This could happen every Sukkot and every Pesach, every Purim, every Hanukkah, every, uh, every, every day. It's an, amazing, it's an amazing thing that anyone would sign up for Atzala, but yet they have hundreds, maybe thousands of volunteers that do this. They're driven by a mida that they have, that they're nice to them, they're givers, they just want to do good. They just, their, their life is focused on helping other people, strangers, but that's what they want to do with their life. Then there are people that are nightlim. There are people that are takers, it's not to say that sometimes I don't give, but even when I give, it's, it's just to take. Sometimes I'm, I'm very giving, but it's really because I want something from you. I want to I take something from you, so I'll give you, but I, I, by, I know that by giving you something, I'm going to get a lot more in return. And I'm always just focused on myself, maybe my family, but I'm not really interested in helping others because that's not something that I've developed. Now, he says you could develop it. It's not easy but if you're a Naitel, you could learn the Midas Hanasina because it says everybody has a spark in them of giving. Every, if not for that, then the world would, would not exist. If everybody was just taking, 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 the world would cease to exist. So everybody has a spark of giving. If you recognize and you detect that you're not a, a natural giver, he gives you ways to develop that Kaya Hanasina so that you could be a giver. But this is how he breaks up the world. There's Naistim, and then there's Nightland. And based on this theory, he basically opens up worlds of understanding in so many different aspects of life. Before we get there, I want to just say a story that illustrates this kayak of being a Nysin versus a Naito. This is not found in the Kunj Chesed. It's a Maisa that I saw once that made a very big Reisham on me. Once upon a time, after the war in Antwerp, in Belgium, there was a, um, there was a, a Yid that had a family, survivors, refugees, and they, they settled in Antwerp. Many people did because it was a city that still was able to uh, have Jews in it, and instead of going to America or to Israel, it was local. So if a person was found in a DP camp, then they could sort of just like go to Belgium, it was in Europe anyway, and that's where a lot of Yidin settled after the war. So there was a Yid that settled in Belgium and Antwerp with his family, and he didn't have Lechem Lechel, which was not uncommon. He had no food to eat, and he was a proud Jew. He didn't want to take tzedakah, but there was no choice. His wife said, listen, we have nothing to eat. The cupboards are bare. We have to eat. We have to make Shabbos. We have to make Yantif. We have to give our children nutrition. So I know that you're proud, but until you get a job, until you're able to finance the family, go to the local Rav and ask him for tzedakah. That's what the money is there for. So he had no choice. He made his way to the Rav, and he told the Rav that, unfortunately, he says, before the war I had a job, I, had a, I was successful, and I gave tzedakah, but like now I need to be a taker. I need to take, and please you know, do me a chesed and, and give me some money. The Rav was very smart, this Rav in Antwerp, I don't know his name, but he said, of course, I'll give you. He says, but before I give you, I want to ask you a question. He says, 
I have a book here on my shelf. He takes off a, out a ledger, which is like sort of like a, a book that he keeps his records in, his personal records in. And he says, I have in this book, this is where I keep all my funding, my tzedakah. So I have a list of givers in town, all the givirim, all the generous balabatim that are able to give me. I could always go to them when I need money for my schitim, before Pesach, before Yom Taivim, before Shabbosis, before certain, uh, certain times of the year. I have a list of people that are givers. And then I have a list of people that are takers. Nebuch, the people that have to come on to tzedakah, they always are on, the, are on you know, the receiving end of things. I have both sides of the book. One side is Nislim, one side is Nightlim. Two separate lists. Which side of the book should I put your name on? So he says, Rebbe, he says, I'm, an, I'm a Nisein. I'm a giver. He says, right now you're seeing me down and out because the war, we're survivors, we're refugees, we don't have, but I will get back on my feet and then I will be the biggest giver that you've ever seen. That's why I am Be'etzim, I'm a nice and I'm not a Naito, I'm a giver, I'm not a taker. So the Rav said, I thought so, I saw that in you. And he puts his name down on the side of the book of Naisnim. And he writes his telephone number there, his address, and he closes the book, he puts it on the shelf, he gives the man money, and he sends him on his way. This person, this Yid, walked out feeling like a million bucks. He might not have gotten a million bucks from the Rav, whatever he got, it's probably a small amount, enough to feed his family, barely. But what the Rav did so brilliantly was he gave him dignity. He gave him the ability to, to remember and to present himself as a nice saint and not a night. I'm not a night. Although right now I'm in a position that I have to take, but I'm a giver. But Etzim, I'm a giver. I'm Rav, I'm Rav Dessler's Nisein. I'm a classical giver. I have that giving streak in me. I'm not a taker unless I have to take when I have no choice. But naturally, by default, I'm a Nisein. The Rav saw this in him, and the Rav gave him that dignity to write his name on the column of Nisein. Not surprisingly, this Yid became the wealthiest Jew in Antwerp. He got into diamonds, he borrowed some money, he bought a diamond, he sold it, he bought two diamonds, he sold. and before you know it, he became the, the greatest philanthropist in the entire Antwerp. Antwerp is a city that has a lot of wealthy people, a lot of very big business, very big diamond bourses there, and he became the, and he attributed it this success that he had and the fact that the Rav saw in him and was able to put his name down as being a nice and he's a giver. And now that I'm perceived as a giver, I'm going to shoot for that. If I look at myself as a, as a taker, I'll always get into that rut. I'll always get into that frame of mind that I'm taking, I'm on the taking end. And that's a dangerous place to be. You always want to consider yourself a giver. When you look at yourself in the mirror as a giver, that animates your every move. Whatever you're doing in life, it means you're going to give uh, money to tzedakah. It means you're going to give time to people that want to ask you a question. It means you're going to be able to, to, to spend time tutoring people that, don't, that aren't so good in Gemara like you are. Whatever it is, I'm animated by my kaya chanesin. If I look at myself as a taker, that's a dangerous place. So Rav Dessler says that there are many ramifications to this concept of being a nice thing. 
the most famous part of this country's HaChesed, which is why I told you that you probably heard of it, is Rav Dessler comes up with a brilliant idea about love. Ava. There's not a chassan teacher in the world or a kala teacher that doesn't have in their chassan shmuz and their kala shmuz this Rav Dessler. Because it's so, it cuts to the core of marriage and of relationships as a whole. The word ava has a root. You always have to look in Lashon HaKadosh to the root of the word, the sherish of the word. And when you're able to see the root, it blows open the definition of the word. In English, you don't really have that. In English, it comes from Latin or Roman or German, whatever it comes from, whatever. But you don't necessarily, are, you're not able to understand the aimek of what the word means based on, on the, the, you know, the, the study of the word itself. But when it comes to Lashon HaKadosh, you look at the word and the way it's spelled and you're able to realize what the shirish is, what the, etzi- what the essence of the word is. The word ava, the secret to love, is hav. What does hav mean? Hav is an Aramaic word meaning to give. When a person gives, says of Dessler, that's what causes love. Now this is counterintuitive, because if you'd ask the average man on the street, what makes you love somebody? Or why, you know, why is there love in a marriage? Let's say you ask a bacher, why, why do you think you know, husbands and wives love each other? I think the natural answer would be that, well, they love each other because look at what they get from each other. They're getting so much from each other. I'm getting a meal, a supper on my table every night, and I'm getting uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody vacuuming my, uh, my living room, and I'm getting somebody going shopping for me and taking care of the kids and whatever. That's, what, that's why I love my wife. My wife loves me because, uh, you know, I do things. I bring home a salary, let's say, and I, uh, I buy her jewelry and I, I buy her clothing. So that's why she loves me. I think that's the natural way of us thinking about things because as children, that's why we think we love our parents because our parents give us stuff. I love my parents because they buy me presents and they they give me clothing and they give me what I want, what I need. So that's why I I love them because of what I take. Rav Dessler's mechadish, that's not true. That is a false assumption and love does not come from taking, but rather love comes from from giving. It's when a person is able to give to somebody else that suddenly you're able to love that person. The more you give, the more you love. The reason why a husband and a wife love each other is precisely because they're constantly giving to each other. If I'm giving my wife what she needs, I'm giving my wife money and jewelry, and I'm taking care, I'm, taking, I'm going shopping for her, and I'm, uh, um, uh, whatever she needs, I'm doing for her, that means that I will love her better, because I'm giving of myself to her. I naturally, this is the logic behind it, I naturally love myself, and so when I'm giving myself to you, that means you're an extension of me. Now I love you also. I sort of spread out my love that I have inside of me to you. Because I've now taken you, I've colonized you, I've, I've sort of like an amoeba swallowed you into my, into my uh, world, and now you're part of me. So Ava is a consequence of giving. The Lushan of Desla, the famous Lushan, Kilasher Yitain, Ye'ehav. The more that I give to you, the more I love you. 
It's not that I'm going to take from you and love you. It's because I'm giving to you I love you. And he says that that's why sometimes marriages start, stop working well. That's why people don't always stay married for that long because the people, this isn't a, this is a generalization, but some people are nightlim. They're naturally looking to take. And so maybe they're able to pretend a little bit that they're givers because they want to get married and they have to, you know, they have to impress their wives a little bit. But once they sort of have what they need, now they start you know, going back to their natural instincts of being takers, both of them maybe, and therefore you're not doing, hey, you, you stop giving me stuff and, and, you, know, and, and you stop giving me stuff. So I'm, I'm stopping, I, I stop giving you. If I stop giving you, now I stop loving you. If you stop giving me, now you stop loving me. And that's when the problems start. A perfect marriage, he says, is one that for their entire lives they appreciate each other and they're constantly giving to each other. Even if the other party stops giving for whatever reason. Sometimes uh, you know, one party uh, isn't well, they're in the hospital. But you still keep giving them. That's the smart thing to do because that is what's going to foster and breed more ava. The more you give, the more you love. And this is true for everything. This is, this is not just true for marriage. It's true for every human relationship. If you want to love somebody, the way that you love that person is start giving to them. I had a Rebbe who told me, he was like a, a great Rebbe. He was like an all-star, very, very famous personality Rebbe. And he told me that he once had a Talmud in one of his many, many years of teaching. He's been teaching probably 50 years now. He had a Talmud in one year that... The child, this boy that he was teaching, had like no chen. He says every Yiddish child has some sort of chen. There's something nice about them, something cute about them, something redeeming about them that you like. You know, there's a Talmud you like. But there was one kid in his class that had zero chen. He just didn't like him. Didn't like him. Just like every time he looked at him, he just wasn't into him. He just was like something about him like turned him off. Not only did, it, did he not like him, but the kids in the class didn't like him either. Like, he had no friends. He had just, there was a, he was like putting people off. Like, there was something about him that was just like emitting negativity. No, people did not want to have anything to do with this kid. At PTA meeting, the parents came in, and you think, okay, fine, maybe, you know, I don't like him, the friends don't like him, but the parents like him. Parents come in in the PTA meeting and say, we know you don't like our son, it's fine. We don't like him either. And whatever you could do, just try to get through the year. Like, you know, I, I, we feel bad for you, but just get through the year with him and, you know, until, and then like a baton, pass him to the next year's Rebbe. Now, my Rebbe said, like, when he saw that his parents didn't like him, he realized that he had to do something. He had to change the narrative. Like, something has to change. I have to make this... Every kid has a Yiddish neshama. Every kid... There has to be some chen in him. I have to find it. He made it his personal mission. I'm going to fix this kid. I'm going to fix this problem. What do you do? What do you do? How do you do this? How do you go about liking a kid when you naturally don't like him? Very easy. You pull out the Kunjus HaChesed. The Kunjus HaChesed is like an instruction manual for human relationships... And see if it works. It works every time it's tried. Merebi said, you know what I do? What I did? 
He says, I started giving to this boy the world. Everything. Every other kid would raise their hand in class and I'd pick on them maybe you know, once every ten times with him. Every time he raised his hand, I, I called on him. And then I would compliment him. You did amazing on your test. Even if he failed this test, you're doing great. Amazing. Keep it up. Mitsuyan, amazing. You know, smiley face sticker. Amazing. When I would go to a store, I'd go shopping, you know, for food. I'd see a snack. I'd buy it for him and I'd bring it to him and give it to him. I just kept giving this kid love. I kept investing myself in him. I kept giving more and more and more. And suddenly, like magic, this boy began, began to develop a personality because finally in life, somebody actually took a liking to him. Somebody saw chen in him. Somebody was giving to him. Somebody, he felt loved. He felt like there was actually somebody that saw who he is that got him. And he started like, you know, percolating. He started becoming like a mensch, like a human being. And his chen started spreading. He started smiling. He acted normal. He was happy. He was friendly. Boys started playing ball with him. Boys started embracing him and taking him into their chevra. He gets a call, my Rebbe, from the parents of this kid and said, like, we don't know what you're doing to our child, but whatever it is, just continue. You're mamish being mechaya mesim. You took a child that's dead and you're bringing him to life. We don't know what you're doing. But whatever it is that you're doing, please don't stop. All of this is from Rav Dessler. It's a kayach of nesina. The more you give, the more you're going to like the person. You try it on, on your own. You don't like your roommate. We always have a roommate that we don't like. We have roommates that we like, and there's that one guy that I don't like. He leaves his socks on, on, you know, on the floor, and he doesn't clean up his dishes after. I can't live with him. i got to change rooms. Happens all the time. What do you do? How do you, you, know, how do you, how do you get around this problem? The, the answer is you just be very nice to the guy. If you're nice to him and you're saying, listen, I'm going to the, to the, you know, to the, to the you, you know, can I bring you lunch back? You're not feeling well. Can I bring you lunch back? You want to go together to pizza. You want to go to, uh, uh, you know, you bring him, you bring him a, say, buy him a safer. Whatever you do, the more that you give to him, the more you're going to start liking him. It, it, it's just, this is Rav Dessler's Yisait, and it works every time it's tried. If you're in a relationship, a husband and wife, it's not working out so well, stop waiting to get. Stop waiting for her to like suddenly become something that she's not, or be a, start giving to you things that you're hoping that she's something. You start giving. Just start giving and giving and giving and offer to do errands and, and offer to take out the garbage and, and offer to cook and offer to clean and offer to take the kids uh, you know, away so she could, uh, she could sleep a little bit. The more that you give, the more suddenly you're going to have positive feelings towards her. It's so opposite, right? It's so inverted because people think, well, why should I give? She's not giving me anything. That might be, but the more that you give, the more you're going to love her. The more you love her, the more she's going to feel loved, the more she's going to want to give back to you. And that's the way you build a relationship together. And now, for the final masterstroke of the Kuntras HaChesed, he speaks about children, about raising children, and he says that this fits perfectly the parent-child relationship with what we're saying. He says, look at what a baby is. A baby, does a baby give you anything 
No, the baby doesn't go and, and bring home hundreds on a test. The baby doesn't get you your slippers when you come home. A baby is a little baby. A baby is nothing but effort. You have to make sure that the baby is not crying. You have to change the baby's diaper. You have to make Similac. You have to feed the baby. You gotta, it, it's, con- it's constant just giving and giving and giving. But yet for some reason you love your child so much. You love your baby. Why? A baby, you're not getting anything from the baby. If, the, if your theory that it's the taking that, that leads to love, and that's the, the world's theory, it, the, it just doesn't fit neatly in that box having a child because children are nothing but giving. Until they get a certain age and maybe they could start giving back something, they're nothing but takers. You're giving and giving and giving. And that giving... The fact that you're investing so much of yourself, that you love yourself, and now you're giving yourself to your child, to your son, to your daughter, your grandchild, all of that giving that you're putting in, that nourishment that you're putting into that child is what is fostering this feeling of ava, the have. I'm giving you, you're a part of me. I'm giving you, you're a part of me, and I love you. Listen to what Rav Dessler says. He says, once upon a time, he saw with his own eyes a story that there was a father and a mother who had a child together, and then the war broke out. The war broke out, and for some reason, the father and the child were on one side of the border, and the mother was on the other side of the border, and there was no ability to cross the border. It was wartime and there was enemy countries and you could not cross the border, so you were stuck. And for many, many years throughout the duration of the war, which was, uh, you know, many years, the father was single-handedly raising this child. The mother was longing for her child. She had gaguim. She, had, she, she was craving to see her child, but she wasn't able to. So what happened was that the war was then over and they were reunited and in their minds everything would just go back to the way it was. We're going to have a beautiful nuclear family and we're going to all love each other and we're going to have like that, that same bonding experience that we had before the war. But if Dessler said that something very strange happened, that the relationship between the father and the child was very, very close. The relationship between the mother and the child was close. It was there, they, they had love for each other, but it never was able to be on the level of the father and the child's love. Why? Cesar of Dessler, because of the Kuntras HaChesed. Because since the father was giving so much of himself all those years to the child, his love for that child had developed to such a degree that it was impossible for the mother to ever make up that gaping hole of love that she was not able to have. She felt love for her child, but she was never able to give to the child throughout those years. And that giving, the lack of giving made it that her love was not on the same level as the love that the father had for the child. And it created like an awkward balance in the relationship. It was like something strange going on in that family because of this. Because the Kayach is what fosters Ava 
And because of that, the father and his child, the love was much stronger than the mother and, and, the, and that same child. Just going now full circle, I think that that might be a pshat in this pasuk in the Zayhar. We started off with this pasuk, Vashne Baneha. The pasuk ascribes these two children as being hers. And the Zayar is, I mean, like, why is it hers and not his? It's Meshra Benu's children. Biologically, they're the same. But I believe the Tyra is telling us, this Yisaitar of Desler, that because there was this absence, it wasn't a very long time that they were away from each other. It was maybe a year, give or take. You know, it wasn't, it seems like it was many, many years in the Tyra where you think all the Esir Makas, but it wasn't as long. But there was a period of time, let's call it a year for argument's sake, that from the time that Meshe Rabbeinu went to, back to Mitzrayim and left his wife and his two children, and during that period of time, she raised, like, like the Zayar says, she was raising this child alone, these children alone. Because she was raising these two children alone, there was something that she had. They were her children during that time. There was a love that was being generated by the fact that she was raising them. And that love was something that was not able to be ascribed to Meish Rabbeinu. Meish Rabbeinu obviously loved them, and obviously he was their father, and he took care of them and he, you know, when, when they came back. But in terms of right now, in terms of the, the time period that she had left, it's Eshnei Baneha. It's her children because she gave. And because of the Kayach Hanesina, she was the one that is, was the mother. She was the provider. She was the one that... As a parent, she had that love for the children that Meshra Rabbeinu was deprived of because they weren't together. That was what history needed. Meshra Rabbeinu to be in Mitzrayim when he was there, and she had to stay in Midrash when during this period, but it was Shnei Baneha. The Torah is telling us, Rav Desler's Kuntras HaChesed, that when a person gives, a person owns. The more you're able to give to somebody, the more you're able to have a relationship, the more you're able to love that person. And this Rabbi Yisai is such an important Yisaid for us to remember throughout our entire lives. What, because every day we are going to have encounters with people. It might be a wife. It might be a child. It might be a Talmud. It might be a boss. It might be a co-worker. It might be an employee. It might be a man that you daven next to in shul. Or it might be a, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin. Every, there's constant relate, roommates, chavrusas, and we don't always get along. That's a reality. We're not always, uh, it's not always so simple to coexist with people in your orbit. But sometimes you have to. You work with them. You daven with them. You learn with them. You live with them. What do you do? How do you get out of it? Does it mean you have to just keep on like, if you find like I'm, I'm in a friction, a, a, a contentious relationship, that means I always have to just like separate myself or is there another Eitzah? And Rav Dessler is saying that because we have this understanding, HaKadosh Baruch Hu implanted in the Bria that Lasher Yitain Yehav, the more you give, the more you love, don't throw away relationships so quickly. Don't always say, well, it's not working out, so I'm done, I'm out of here. Because it's just going to happen again and again. Sometimes a person is married, 
the marriage is not working out, the relationship is not so what happens? They, they part ways, thinking that, okay, next husband, next wife I get, that's when it's going to be good. It's going to be, uh, this person I wasn't able to live with. Guess what happens? You get married again, and then you have, you're, it's the same movie that's playing again and again and again, because you never figured out l'chatzchila how to deal with the problem. The problem of love is because you didn't understand what love was. You were expecting to be on the receiving end, and my wife isn't giving me. She's not giving me what I want. I don't like the way she cooks. She doesn't clean the house, right? She doesn't have, uh, you know, I get these questions all the time. Chassanim, newly married guys come to me. I don't know what to do. Happened to me a few years ago. A guy came, he says, my wife and I, we live in an apartment somewhere, and uh, this guy was very neat, and his wife was not. And he said, like, she would cook me a, a dinner, and then, uh, and then I'd come, and then afterwards, I'd wake up the next morning, I thought that she had washed the dishes, and the dishes are still piled high in the sink, the pots and the pans, and the spoons and the forks and the knives, and there, there's still food on them. And then we have a rodent issue in the apartment, and then we have other issues in the apartment, and it's disgusting, and I don't know what to do. I can't, uh, you know, what should I do? Rabbi, what should I do? How do you solve such a problem? So, okay, find a new wife. No, you don't have to. There's an easier Eitzah. Take out the Kunj Zachesed and study it. And what you, I told him, I said, you know what you should do? You go and wash the dishes. How's that? Try that on for size. Who said that you can't wash the dishes? You wash the dishes, you dry the dishes, you put them away, and you give and you give and you give, and you'll see that something magical will happen. P.S. They have the most beautiful marriage in the world because it works. All you have to do is click the switch and understand that I have to, instead of expecting love to be generated by what I'm getting, no, love is generated by giving. The more I give to you, the more I love you. I'm going to put myself out, I'm going to take out the garbage, I'm going to do whatever I need to do, and I'm going to just keep on giving, and that giving is starting, is lighting the, 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 the spark of the engine of love. And the same thing is true for Talmidim, and the same thing is true for Hainatim de Shaifa, Hainatim de Megillah. It's the same thing across the board. It's uh, whatever you need. You have a roommate, like I said, you're not getting along, no problem. Be nice to the guy, give. Suddenly he's going to like you more, you're going to like him more, it's going to work out wonderfully. Obviously, there are exceptions to the rule. There are people in, in life that are crazy and that, you know, they're not. But I'm talking about all things being equal, normal people that you can have a relationship with, that they're well-adjusted, that, they're, you know, that, they're, that they're, they're able to have a human relationship, those are people that this will work every time it's tried. Eshnei boneha. The Torah is being Megala, I believe. I'm pretty convinced that this is what the Zayar means. That because she was busy with the children, she was giving to them, they were her children. She has this love with, with them that Moshe Rabbeinu, it's, it's not focused so much on Moshe Rabbeinu's lack of love, it's how, how she had those children because she gave to them. The Kayach Hanesina is so strong. And even if we don't have this natural, we're not these Hatzalah guys that are constantly giving, 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 but the Kunshtah Chesed says, or Dessler says, that we all have within us a spark, a nitzutz of Nesina. That means that all hope is not lost. Even if you feel, yeah, I'm talking not a big giver. I, I'm, I'm more, I'm a hoarder. I like taking for myself. I like always focusing on myself. That means you're a human being, but you should know that you have in you a nitzitz of nesina, and from that little spark, you can, you can start an entire bonfire 
of being a giver just by working and doing exercise and giving and trying to give more and more. It's hard sometimes to give, especially to a person that you feel is not giving you anything in return. But if you give and you start being generous and you give compliments and you give favors and you give help and assistance and whatever you can to that person, suddenly you will feel love to them and then they will start giving back to you and it will be a relationship that you never thought possible. But it happens because of the brilliance of Dessler, the kayach of Abba, Misharish Hav, the ability to understand that there are nice them in life and there are night women in life, and you always want to be on the list of nice them. Because if you're on that list, then you will be the most successful person in the world. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Rebbe